That's why I tell you, if he's coming against your home, get in the middle of your living room, begin to worship and praise him and praise him until you can't praise him anymore. And it will drive the enemy out. Praise releases the power that pierces this present darkness. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues the exciting series entitled Piercing the Darkness. This is an inescapable fact of life. You will become like what you worship. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 5 says, They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. If you worship superficial things, your life will become superficial. If you worship perverted things, your life becomes perverted. If you worship evil things, your life becomes evil. But if you worship the true God, you become godly. Today, Pastor Jeff continues with part two of his powerful message on the power of praise. So, grab your Bibles and let's go right to the message. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, bought with a price. Now, here's what I'm saying. David had this in mind when he said, you enter his gates with thanksgiving, then you go on into the courts with praise. He's picturing people who want to get into the presence of God. So they got to go in through that one door. And then if you want to go on into the presence, into the Holy of Holies, he said, you enter the gates with thanksgiving, then you move on into the courts with praise. So this psalm is incremental. It is in stages. It is progressive. We're heading into the presence of God. Let me ask you something. Do you hunger for God's presence? Do you enjoy seeing the Holy Spirit around you? Do you long to fellowship with the Lord and the beauty of holiness, not just on Sundays, but 24-7 when you're in rush hour traffic? Wouldn't that be a great time to experience the presence of the Lord? Well, now notice the tabernacle was portable. It went with them everywhere they went. You are born again, redeemed, filled with His Spirit so that His presence goes with you everywhere you go. Where is the presence of God? It's wherever you are. They said, oh, the cloud's moving by day, the fire's moving by night. So pull up the stakes, let's move the tabernacle, and we will put it back up wherever God stops. So everywhere they went, the presence went with them. But we've got a better deal. We don't have to pull up stakes. He put His Spirit within us. And within you is that holy place where God wants to manifest His presence. But how do we experience it all the time? Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Carry the presence with you everywhere you go. Now, let me talk about Thanksgiving for a minute. Thanksgiving, enter His gates with Thanksgiving. That's the beginning of getting into the presence of God. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude to God for what He has done. David said, thinking to thank God. Thanksgiving is not just for November. 
if the only time that you really think to thank God is November, oh, may God help you. Because listen, you're missing out on a blessing. The blessing is that if you think to thank God on a daily basis, if you wake up and you thank Him and you say, well, Pastor, I don't have much to thank Him for. Hey, yeah, you do. If you're saved, you can start right there. Lord, thank you that I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You can thank God that He knocked on the door of your heart, that He came into your life, that instead of going to hell, you're going to heaven, that you're redeemed, that the blood is covering your life. You are signed, sealed, and delivered. You are seated with Him in heavenly places. If you can't thank God for that, you need to get saved. So if, if there's nothing in the natural for which you can thank God, then just start right there. Thank you, Lord, that I'm redeemed. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. David said thanksgiving is the pathway to God's presence. And it has so many blessings and residual blessings if you will learn to thank God. Let me just give you one. How many of you like to have peace of mind? Isn't that a great blessing to have peace of mind? Well, listen to what the Bible says, Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious or worried or uptight, chewing your nails about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And if you will pray with thanksgiving, salting and peppering your prayers with thanksgiving, God's peace, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. See, notice, he's saying, don't just thank God once the answer has arrived. Learn to thank God when you don't see anything yet. I'm going to say that again. That went right over some of your heads. Well, I don't know about you, Pastor Jeff, but I thank God when the answer's there. Hey, listen, if you thank God after He's answered you, that's gratitude. But if you thank God before He's answered you, that's faith. That's faith. Say you ask God for a job. Well, you don't thank God once you get the job, got the paycheck you want, you're right where you want it to be. Sure, you thank Him then, but how about, Lord, I'm praying for this and this and this, and this is the job that I want. Thank you, Lord, that though I don't see it, I know that it's on the way because you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider, so I'm thanking you preemptively so that I'm not walking around worried about getting that job. But I'm thanking God. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. I'm going to say that again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for, pray for, are asking for, will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we don't yet see. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's there, not there. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. See, when you ask for something and it's in God's will, it's already on the way. And he says, Thanksgiving says, Lord, I'm going to thank you because I know it's on the way. And so that I won't worry about it, be uptight about it, be afraid about it. I'm just thanking you right now for hearing my prayer. He says, peace puts a lock on your mind. Praise the Lord. So we enter that one gate, that one door,
because I'm headed into the presence of God, I enter it with thanksgiving. Then he says, then you enter into the courts where the presence is with praise. E.M. Bounds wrote these words, praise and thanksgiving go in company. A close relationship exists between them. They're like brother and sister. They're really almost like twins. He goes on, praise and thanksgiving are so near alike that it's not easy to distinguish between them. Now, I read that quote from E.M. Bounds, and I did a little research, and I found one difference between thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving is verbal, and it's vocal like I'm talking to you right now. Thank you, Lord, that what I prayed for is coming, or thank you for what you just did for me. But praise has to do with song. Praise is also thanking God, but you can't keep it in just normal talk. You've got to break into a song. Thanksgiving is vocal, but praise is a song. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you start thanking God for something, and then it just starts bubbling up. It just starts bubbling up, and you start feeling like God has so blessed me, and His joy is just bubbling up. I can't keep it in normal conversation anymore. It's got to break into a song. And so you start singing Lord, thank you and praise you and bless you for what you've done and for what you're going to do. That's the power of praise. One is talk, the other is song. So he says, you enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You move on towards the courts where the presence is with praise. And then he says, I want you to worship the Lord. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Now here's the difference. Thanksgiving is thank you for what you've done, what you're going to do. Praise is in song, thank you for what you've done, what you're going to do. But worship is thanking Him exclusively for who He is. The worshiper is not focused on what He's done. It's not focused on any action of God in the past or in the future. Worship is focused on the beauty and the glory of who He is. It's just worshiping Him because He's so wonderful. You're not after anything when you're worshiping. You're just worshiping God because He's worthy of your worship. It says in Revelation 7, 11, and, and Revelations is filled with this, but here's one example. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. And here's what they sang. Amen. Praise and glory. Wisdom, thanks, and honor, and power, and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of compassion, a God of long-suffering, a God of eternity, a God of redemption. Thank you, Lord, that you are who you are. I worship you. I could almost just go into it right now and forget about y'all. I just felt the Holy Spirit touch me just now. Thanksgiving, praise, and worship usher us in. So here we go. Say, I want the presence of God. I don't want it to be a drab day, a bad day, a boring day, or a trying day without the presence of God. So I'm going to get up and I enter those gates, that one door with thanksgiving. And then I start singing praise to Him. And then I just go on into worship, worshiping Him for who He is. By now, you're in the presence of God. You can't do that and not experience the presence of God. So let's put you in rush hour traffic. There you are, which can make you lose your religion quicker than anything in modern society. 
I don't know how often you think to yourself thoughts like these, but I do in rush hour traffic. I think about the past city leaders. How in the world did they not know to build this highway six lane instead of two? I start talking to the city leaders. What were you thinking? And it's like the devil comes, sits right on your shoulder, says, can you believe this traffic? You want to get where you want to go and you can't get. Why do they call it a highway? No one says hi. Why do they call it? Why do they call it an express lane? There's nothing express about it. We're stuck. And right when you feel like you're on the edge of losing your religion, somebody pulls right in front of you. And you go, I have a choice. I have a choice. I can either make the choice to rejoice, seriously, not trying to sound formulaic. I can access God, or I can let this wear me down and get me in the flesh. By the time I get to work, I'm a bear and not a lamb. So you enter his gates with thanks to me, Lord, I thank you that you're in charge. I come into his courts with praise, and I begin to worship him. And suddenly, you're not alone in that car. Because you're taking your tabernacle with you everywhere you go and the presence of God is following you. And that's the will of God for you. Another quick thing about worship, it's not just coming into His presence, but do you know that worship changes us? Listen very carefully, Tim. Here's an inescapable, irrefutable fact of life. You will become like what you worship. Everybody worships something or someone. Have you ever noticed teenagers the way they will worship a rock band, they worship them. Because they want to worship, they're just plugged into the wrong thing. You're worshiping something or you're worshiping someone. I don't care if you deny it or not, it doesn't matter. Just check out your life. There's something that has become your idol or your God. It can be money. It can be materialism. It can be a person, place, or thing. But it has become your God. And it's you worship at its altar. I choose very carefully what I worship, and I know what I worship because I know that I'm going to become like what I worship. Jeremiah looked at the backslidden Israel and said this, You followed worthless idols, and you have become worthless yourself. Psalms 115 verse 8 says, Their idols are made of silver and gold. They are not the true God. They are made by the hands of men. Then the psalmist said, those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. That's truth. Whatever your idol is, whatever you worship, you will be like it. If you worship superficial things, your life will become superficial. If you worship perverted things, your life will become perverted. If you worship evil things, your life will become evil. But if you worship the true and the living God, you will become godly. If you worship Christ, you're going to become like Him. The Bible says, and as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. That's why when you worship the Lord Jesus Christ, that's why we worship Him here very exuberantly and very demonstratively. We do that because we know who we worship, and why we worship Him. And we want to be like Him. So we worship what we want to be like. Now finally, praise defeats the enemy. 
Now I want you to listen, because praise is a weapon. Not only will praise change you, and not only has God called us into His presence and praise will lead you into His presence, but praise will defeat your enemy. You've got a devil that's out to take away your peace. The devil is out to take away your joy, rob you of your victory, take away your testimony, discourage you where you don't want to go to church, don't want to pray anymore, don't want to read the Bible anymore. He wants to wear you down and wear you out, and he's out to do it, and he'll do it if we let him. And can I tell you that not only will praise lead us into his presence, the presence of God, and not only will praise change us, but praise will drive the devil back. Praise is the one thing Satan hates. Listen, if you want to give Satan heaven instead of him giving you hell, praise God. Praise God. What kind of church is it that's going to get the attention of the nation and actually play a part in rolling back the darkness and bringing light back into our country? It's going to be praising, worshiping churches who know not only do I come into His presence by praise, not only am I changed by praise, but I'm also defeating the enemy of my soul by the power of praise. Do you remember that insecticide commercial where those cockroaches are running around on the floor and all of a sudden a can of Raid comes out? And they go, raid! And they boogie. When you worship God, they go, worship! I have never done that in church. That was a first for me. But you get the point. I remember how they, they run for the hills. Listen, when the church gets a hold of the fact that God has given us a weapon, it is the power of prayer. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Well, how does God arise? By praise and by worship. The darkness-piercing church of our day has the secret weapon of praise. Praise is the number one dread of Satan. That's why I tell you, if he's coming against your home, get in the middle of your living room, get your Bible in your hand, lift up your other hand to God, begin to worship and praise him and praise him until you can't praise him anymore because it is like releasing a spiritual insecticide into your house and it will drive the enemy out. Praise releases the power that pierces this present darkness. From the lips of children, David said, and infants, you have ordained praise to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. If you ever want just to say to the devil, shut up, shut up. Well, it says when you praise God, it silences him. One day, King Jehoshaphat was told this, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. They vastly outnumber you, Jehoshaphat. They're coming from the other side of the sea like a cloud, and you're about to lose it all. They're about to annihilate you. It says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men. Now notice, men. Guys, I'm going to tell you, if you think you're too macho to praise God, you're too macho. David was a man's man's man, and David praised God with all of his heart. If you think you're too macho to praise God, Come down to the altar after we're done. I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to get rid of it right down here today. Because if you'll learn to praise God, it's going to change your home. So he sent the men. 
Not with sword and spear and arrow. No. He sent the men. And what did he tell the men to do? To sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness. He said, this is what you sing. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. What an army. Here comes these men. A vast army that you could not number. And here comes Israel. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. They looked at them. They looked for their sword, their spear, their bow, their what, any? They said, man, these people really are as crazy as we have always heard. But it says, as they began to sing and praise and worship the Lord, God Almighty set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. They became so confused, they turned on each other and annihilated each other. So praise completely discombobulated and confused the enemies of Israel. Paul and Silas knew the same key. Let's worship Him right here in our dungeon. And they began to worship God. Satan all over that place. And suddenly, God said, there's my boys worshiping me. I can't take it. Gabriel, go let them out. And the whole prison shook. Every chain came off all the prisoners. They all fell on their knees and worshipped God. And the jailer got saved in all of his household. And the whole thing was turned around. Praise cancels satanic assignments. something to think about. If you thank God after He's answered you, that's gratitude. If you thank God before He's answered you, that's faith. When we ask God, say for a job, faith will move us to thank God for the answer before we've knocked on even one door. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 tells us, now faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot yet see. Jesus told his disciples and us in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Wow! If we actually believed God heard us and granted our request when we prayed, we would be praising and thanking God all day for the answers received during prayer. Praise God for the cross of Jesus Christ and His resurrection. And we give thanks to God for His Holy Spirit working in us and through us to do His goodwill. The enemy cannot stand in the presence of praise. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember this. God transforms suffering people into comforters. He brings gain out of pain. Join Pastor Jeff again next time for another exciting message from his life-changing series, Piercing the Darkness. Until then, may God bless you richly. The Power of Praise is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Piercing the Darkness. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. 
Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Piercing the Darkness, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.